Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, hello, hello. It's Moni and I'm back and we're going to mix it with Moni. That is what you're listening to and I thank you so much for doing so. I just reached 2,000 downloads and I'm very excited about it. Just a friendly reminder, if you are loving the show, definitely please feel free to follow me on Instagram, send me a DM, let me know your thoughts. But of course, mainly just so other people can find me as well, uh, write a little review on Apple iTunes if you are an Apple podcaster and uh, let me know your thoughts there. Five stars only, please. Um, If you have any other kind of star reviews, feel free to come and talk to me about them. And on Instagram, I do take pride in responding to everyone as long as, you know, you're not mean to me. Thanks. Um, That being said, let's jump into Bravo. It is Thursday where I am and I actually just finished watching Housewives of Dallas. I am going to, however, go in order of what I think impressed me the least and what impressed me the most of this week in Bravo world. A um, few things. Oh, also some housekeeping tips. I went on Bravo Happy Hour with Megan over at Bravo Happy Hour. Definitely check me out there. I believe it's episode number 76. And we talk hot topics. Um, not so much Bravo recap of shows, but the hot topics going on behind the scenes. And it was a really fun episode and a good time. So go on over there and check that out. Um, also, I'll try to limit the ums. So sorry already. I also am planning on having her come on and we're going to do a bonus episode involving Mary DeMedicine and Vanderpump Rules together in one episode. That is kind of the point of Mixing with Moni. Mix us up and let us talk about, discuss, and watch shows that maybe everyone doesn't look like us. Maybe it's not our usual type of show. You know, if I only watch shows of things that only my friends watched or that you know, everybody looked like me, I would have never found The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And I love it. So mix it up, everyone. So me and her wanted to be talking about both shows in one and discussing the new season, current season of Married to Medicine and also discussing um, Vanderpump Rules. So we're going to talk new cast members, some rumors, some things we both have heard in the streets and behind the scenes. And all of that good stuff. So stay tuned for that. I should be looking at that coming out in the next week or so. And I also have a very exciting, fun little giveaway project coming up very soon that I cannot wait to announce who it's with, what I'm doing, and what it will involve, what we're giving away. It does. There's a little secret, you know, involved in it. But I will give you a hint involves one really lovely luxury online Instagram boutique of luxury items and goods that most everyone can get behind and find something that they love with a newfound friend of mine and Bravo lover and Instagram friend 
by the initials of CKJ. If you are a follower of mine or you follow me on Instagram, you can actually probably see I'll be liking and reposting some of their things and maybe you will find out who I'm talking about and then you'll get really excited about what the giveaway might entail because I am very excited and I'm very excited to work with a couple of people on it. So stay tuned for that information. And if you just so happen to figure out which luxury online boutique I'm talking about that has some of the most fabulous things that I can't even focus on the giveaway sometimes because I am just salivating over the deliciousness that is this Instagram feed, feel free to, you know, send them a quick little message or like or comment and let them know that, uh, Moni sent you over there and see what happens. And in the meantime, look out for that giveaway and I promise you will not be disappointed. Okay. All right. Let's get into the drama and the fun stuff. We'll start with Below Deck. I'm starting with Below Deck, not because it interested me the least. It probably interested me about medium to the most. Uh, Below Deck and Dallas are probably tied for this week, but mainly because it was just an opening episode. Not a lot that I, you know, really needed. It's an opening episode. Like, it's good, you know? It's good. I'm not mad about it. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just a good episode. So I am excited about it because I love, love, love Kate. I know most people are Hannah fans. I am a huge Kate fan. I absolutely love her. I'm very glad that she is back on my TV. And beyond that, I'm very excited that we have our very first black person, woman on this cast. It's, I could count on my hands how many times we've actually even had a black person as a charter guest or on the show. Um, so this being a black, her name is Simone and she is the second stew to Kate, chief stew. And I'm very excited about it. She seems interesting. Kate's team does seem interesting. Again, it's the first episode. None of the good ever lasts. No one's ever friends past like the second episode, basically, because in that, in their time, it's been about a week or two at that point. Um, I am very excited about this new chef. I am curious to see what he has to offer us. He seems like he is just the same as every other chef. Um, I am adding some critiques that I did on my Instagram stories of this episode where I live talked about it. And I am going to put it into my highlights for Below Deck. But that's pretty much all we got. The, the crew is incredibly attractive. And that is good on them. I like that we have another female um, deckhand. I love whenever women prove they can do absolutely any part. I would love to see another male steward instead of just all female stews. Um, I loved, oh, I forget his name, the friend that Kate made, they have not really talked much since that season. And I think that's really sad, but I loved their dynamic of basically a few seasons ago, last season. I, I, Blow Deck is literally running together for me. It is back-to-back, you know, seasons of charters and guests and service and complaints and meltdowns and hospitals and captains and firings. I'm curious as to why Bravo did not split it up a little bit more. I think they probably should have. Oh, God, I hope no one can hear the siren in the background. You probably can. I'm so sorry. Um, 
it is homecoming weekend for a few schools where I am. And in the D.C. area, there's lots of schools to be celebrating homecoming. And quick random tangent, I actually was invited to my high school's homecoming. I don't feel like I've been out of high school long enough. And I also don't feel like I've accomplished enough to go. But we'll see if that happens. I will give you an update on why that is a ridiculous thing. But it's pretty much just any number that ends in mine and nine. So that is fine. It makes sense. There are other people going with much more accomplished years behind them. Um, maybe I should just get on some things and accomplish more stuff. But I feel like I could go and say, I do this podcast and I have 2,000 listeners or 2,000 downloads or 1,300-ish followers. Like that's, that's an accomplishment. I'm proud of it. I love the work that I do for Bravo, okay? Like it's unpaid and I feel very good about it. It is my outlet and continuing this random tangent inside note, where I am right now, it is Mental Health Day, Mental Health Awareness Day. And depending on when you listen to this, let's just make this Mental Health Awareness Month, all right? While it's also Hispanic Heritage Month, and it's also a very big deal, we need to make sure that we're acknowledging all of the months and, you know, thank someone in your life who you know sacrifices a lot for you or has done something for you who may or may not have mental health, you know, struggles, mental illnesses are more common than people think, but everyone has mental health. And so we need to check on the people that we think are doing okay, that we know love us, that are doing a lot for us. I have been open and honest on here about how I do struggle with depression. And this podcast has actually been an amazing outlet for me. Lots of days, it has not been the easiest um, to even record or to even watch the shows. And sometimes it's just great hearing people comment and tell me that they like my show, follow me on Instagram when they DM me and they tell me that they love it. They're big fans or they're just listening or they're binging and they're listening to it at the office or in their cars. I just love being a part of other people's lives. It gives me a sense of purpose and that makes me feel really, really good about it. Um, you know, that being said, I will also I like to work on myself at all aspects whenever I can. And I think that's something that, throwing it back to Bravo, we all could do more of and a little bit better of. Specifically, switching from Below Deck to OC, I feel like everybody in there needs to celebrate Mental Health Awareness Day, month, week, year by seeking out their favorite trusty health professional, mental health professional to celebrate with them. Because not to say that these ladies need therapy, but really I think everyone can benefit from therapy. I just think that these women, my God, they just, they really, I will say this week was not a chore for me to watch. So that's a win, right? That's good news. It was not hard for me to watch it was tiresome. I did also live story, live Instagram that and put it all up on my stories. Got a lot of responses, even from some of the housewives. I tried to do it sober originally. It did not work. I am no longer doing housewife recover or recaps, watching, observing anything sober, at least not with OC. Because even Bronwyn, she DM'd me back to my post about watching it sober and said, no, drink the wine. And she was right. I should have drank the wine, cracked it open, got to work. Much more enjoyable the last 48 minutes. I lasted about 11 or 12. So that's all on that. 
I did have a lot of thoughts about OC. One of them being, I do not think this date between Emily Simpson's cousin and Gina was real. I think that is bullshit. I think Gina right now is bullshit. I think Emily, though I like her on the show, in real life, I think she's bullshit. I will get to the Watch What Happens Live episode that I saw. I have some personal reasons why I think Emily's bullshit, but they're a little bit biased. So I won't get into that. So keeping it strictly on the show, she almost seemed offended on Watch What Happens Live, so many people were calling for her to get a divorce from Shane because of what we are watching, girl. What we're watching. We are watching your husband be an asshole. And that's right around the moment I needed to start drinking. Do not act so shocked or annoyed that people want you to get a divorce from your no good, raggedy ass, disrespectful ass husband. Don't. We want what's best for you. We see a woman that looks the closest to the majority of the women in America. An actual real woman. She is voluptuous. She is a little thicker than every other housewife on that show that looks stick thin or bony or, you know, muscular. And there's nothing wrong with that. Working out, being healthy, that's great. However, Emily looks like someone who did not take the very first day after giving birth to work out and get her quote unquote body back. She looks like the woman who had kids three or four, might I add, three at least, and had kids put them out of her body and then started to take care of them and got distracted by building a life for herself and just so happens to still look good. The woman's not that. The idea that she has to even defend her weight, defend not looking at the scale, defend working out and make it this interventionary moment on, you know, the screen with Tamara and Eddie, that's bullshit to me, which is why I feel like she's bullshit. I think she's not happy in her own life. And there is something for that. It is called self-reflection. It's called changing our way of thinking, changing our life. It is called therapy. It is called thinking intentions, anything, not to get all, you know, mental health right but it is that time right and she can't possibly be so offended that we all want her to get a divorce from a man that literally says you asking for love and affection and hugs when he comes home from weeks of being away from his whole family is you being intense he said that being married to you is intense and we as an audience do not want you to be married to a little tiny dwarf let me not say that short men are great. It's not his size that makes him a dwarf. It's his attitude that makes him feel even smaller than he is. We do not want you married to a man that thinks that being married to you is intense because you're basically just asking to be married. You're choosing your marriage and he's like, whoa, this was just a consensual, a mutual agreement that we discussed over Facebook Messenger that we were just going to, you know, get together and procreate and that was going to be it. You didn't say you were going to really like me or we have to like socialize or communicate or maybe even touch. Then dude, get a different wife or be alone. And Emily, get a different husband, but don't make us feel like we're ridiculous for wanting better for you, which is what she did basically on Watch It Happens Live to me. She said that she recognizes that he is a dick. She recognizes that he's an asshole. She recognizes that on camera, it looks bad. And that the easy thing to do would to be to actually be nice to your wife on camera. But in fact, he does the opposite. And she goes, I don't know why he does it. It's because he doesn't like you, Emily. She goes, well, no one else sees that he's nice to me and telling me nice things behind closed doors. 
Those are isolated moments. These are not. We have a record. And you film a lot less than y'all are together. But the fact that he chooses the public platform to make it known that you are intense to him, that he does not miss his family when he's away from you, that he doesn't really like you or want to spend time with you. His idea of doing that on a public setting and at your place of work is embarrassing. It is humiliating. And you cannot be mad or or upset that fans are concerned and want better for you, especially unless you don't want better for yourself. And in that case, I'm out of it. Whatever. Same with Gina, right? They're a train wreck. Both of them deserve each other. Gina is a nightmare right now. And she is spiraling in the wrong direction. And I believe it's mainly because she's vying for the wrong attention. She should have stayed loyal to her friendship with Emily, period, point blank, full stop. She should have not gone after the affection, what is the word, approval of the Trace Amigas. I just, Emily is making all the wrong decisions in her life. She chooses, we know, to go back to her husband, her ex-husband, briefly. I think that's what we are approaching now. It is why I also do not believe that this date was real. I don't think it was real between the, the, the broken toe and all that mess. I think she was looking for an excuse to fight with Emily or production was looking for an excuse for them to fight. And that's what we got. This is what we ended up with. And that's fine. Whatever. I just do not like feeling produced and that whole thing feels produced. Another thing, we need to just get over this whole Bronwyn having a threesome thing. Y'all cannot be this prudish about what people do in their bedrooms. And I know what you're saying. Monty, they put it on TV. Well, they said it. They should be open to public criticism. But calm down. If you could honestly say in your marriage, if you're married, that you are happy every single day of your marriage and you have not had to do certain things, compromise certain things, forgive and, you know, bargain certain things to stay in your marriage. If you choose to stay married, good on you. If that's you, that's great, but that's not her. Apparently she needs to do certain things to be solid in her marriage and marriage looks differently for everybody. Whatever two or more if you're a throuple, people decide to do in their marriage, to stay married and make it work for them. That marriage is what they designed. It is not no complete, you know, system or package that you can order on Amazon. And when you decide you find the right person, they just send you a box of marriage and this is what you put on and this is what you do for the rest of your life. That is so boring. Nobody wants that. Is it for everyone? No. Is it for me? No, probably not. I don't know. I don't like enough people to invite multiple people into my life. I barely like and the ones that I have now. No, that's just kidding. I like them all. I like some people, but as a whole, people annoy me. So only people I really like are Bravo people, but y'all can be so judgy. We all can be so judgy. That's kind of the point, right? We watch the shows and we judge, but you can't shame women for sexual for their sexuality. That is the one thing on Bravo that I cannot stand is the casual cultural appropriation and a little bit of systemic racism on there that we're so casual about, except for Bethany. She stands out against it a lot and she makes it funny while doing it. Those things and the whole idea of judging and slut shaming women on bravo is annoying stop do not slut shame a woman it's just not necessary 
Why don't you be concerned about your own sex life, right? And then look at theirs and go, oh, not for me. I mean, if you must, take the Janelle approach. Although I'm a little concerned that she was the biggest prude in that jacuzzi where she was like, why didn't no one wear a top? I don't understand why you couldn't put a top on. Like, I have on the top. Why couldn't you just put on a top before you got in the pool in a jacuzzi? That's a terrible accent. I'm so sorry. But that being said, all she did was go, wouldn't be for me, but just take that approach and go. No need to go into her comments and go nuts. Jeez, we have got to stop going as people's comments. Just say, girl, cover it up and call it a day. You know, keep your shade at like, keep it shady, not hady, but if you keep your shade at like a two line minimum, you know, that's just kidding. I mean, just kidding. I write dissertations on Instagram and comments all the freaking time. Um, that moving on from that, we get, no, I'm not talking about Vicky and I'm not talking about Tamara. I will talk about Kelly. I like seeing her do things with her family and I like seeing her make those positive steps. I think that that it might be one of the reasons which feels why she feels so miserable in her life and is suffering from some of that misery and making some miserable choices. I love Kelly. I love her a lot. I think she is miserable. I do think she needs to stop embarrassing her daughter on social media against her daughter's consent and wishes. That's not nice or fair, but I think that she definitely needs to reconcile some relationships with her family and that'll truly help her with, you know, her, her life and the way she treats other people in her life. And that is all I have to say on that. Um, beyond that, OC was okay. I love Alexis Bellino being back. I am not saying I was always a fan of Alexis Bellino. I think she gave Christians a pretty weird name. And I'm also going to say, that's kind of the point, right? Bronwyn has made it clear she does what she needs to do in her marriage to stay happy, to stay with her husband. I mean, I... Do not agree that with Gina and Emily that said in the OC after show that they think Bronwyn is saying stuff and she doesn't really do this. They think she's making it up for TV. I do not think she's making this up for TV. She has her own sex house or sex apartment. Okay. She also has more kids than almost everybody combined. Okay, that's not true because Emily and Gina together have like, what, six or seven? But she has the most kids, definitely, of any housewife I've seen on the East Coast, on the West Coast. Yeah, I think so. So with that, I don't think she's making it up. Obviously, her and her husband like to get it on. Let them get it on. I don't think they're making stuff up, but it's really rich that Emily and Gina are saying that they're that Bronwyn's making stuff up to stay relevant on the show when I'm pretty sure that entire date with the cousin was also made up to stay relevant on the show. And I don't think they're doing a very good job. I think Bronwyn's actually doing a decent job staying relevant on the show. So where was I going with that? Alexis Bellino. I love the fact that she's back. I love the fact that she's a little different now. I don't think she should come back on the show permanently unless we get rid of half the cast. In which I'm totally fine with that. I just don't think she'd mesh with this current cast. But I don't even mesh with this current cast. I love that she ordered a mimosa with a shot of vodka. Wow. I need to try that immediately. I think that I would like to see more about her now. And what she's doing now. Versus, you know, her being 
the Christian Bible thumper and hitting people over the head with her ideologies and her religion, which it's one thing to pray for. It's one thing to witness. It's another thing to judge and use Jesus as your source and basis for judging. That is not right. Especially not when you ended up being, you know, <laughs> not when you ended up being divorced anyway. So I guess it really didn't matter whether or not, you know, <laughs> what was not working for her was the life that she previously had. What is working for her now, I am interested in. That is what I'm saying. And on that, that is all I have to give OC because I'm including Vicky and Tamara in the same band where I don't talk about them. And then Shannon, I just truly don't remember what she did, to be honest. Um, it did not interest me enough. Oh, I think she did the stimulation injections. No, mm -mm, I don't care. On that note, we are going to take a quick break and I will be right back to talk Housewives of Dallas. Should be a short and sweet episode this week, so stay tuned. All right, I am back and I may or may not have gotten a little glass of Merlot um, and water to stay hydrated, mainly from the Merlot. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. Hope you all are mixing something too, whether it's a Merlot or a margarita, martini, a mocktail, if you're a mocktail person, or a matcha green tea or a latte or coffee. Not enough of those start with an M, so I couldn't keep the alliteration going. But you know what I mean. Hope you guys are also sipping on something that makes you really happy. to helps you get through the day. Whatever it is. No judgment. What does come with some judgment? Oh, segue. Is Cameron. Okay. Of Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh, girl, the Dallas girls in general have a little bit more of a judgy tone to them, but I love them so much. And I think they're so different and unique from each other and from other franchises. Um, and I would like to get into that. So let's start from the beginning. I'm usually not much of a recap host, but I think this episode was important because every scene had me invested and had me thinking something, right? Opening with Carrie with a C. So Carrie Duber, I'm going to call her Duber and Britt. That's Carrie with a K is going to be Carrie Britt Tenningham is going to be Britt. And Carrie Duber with a C is going to be Dube. Dube and Britt. <laughs> that does not sound appropriate, which would probably make Cameron very upset. So Dube and Britt, right? Dube open scene with Dube and Leanne which I found incredibly interesting because one of the first things that Britt mentioned, Carrie Brittingham mentioned, is that when she first got on the show, is that she didn't think she was in a mesh role with Leanne because one of her good friends, Carrie Duber, Dube, they had a tiff. Well, really, Leanne accused Dube's husband of being gay. Not that that is an insulting accusation, but she specifically insinuated that he gets his dick sucked at the roundup, which is like a little bit of a half rhyme there. Um, and the roundup is a gay bar in Dallas, Texas. Um, so I understood where Britt was coming from because Britt and Dube are BFFs, are really good friends, and Dube and Leanne have a history. 
I believe I remember them burying the hatchet. I don't remember it really, but I think that that did happen. It had to have because Dube is now, you know, with Leanne in the opening credits of the scene. So, so we know she's a friend of this season. And she's also throwing her lingerie sh- parties or showers or whatever. What the? What is that? What 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 is that? What is a lingerie shower? Someone showers you with lingerie? Okay, sure. Leads me to a lot of hypocrisies that come later in the episode, but we'll continue. So I do not digress. And I understood where Carrie Britt was coming from, but Dub and Leanne are now BFFs, it looks like. So Britt, you probably should have given Leanne a chance. But I also get that you had just an off-putting vibe because if she was once able to say something about her friend, you know, she'd be able to say it about you. You're coming at it from knowing only Dub's perspective, but then maybe you could have gotten to know Leanne's perspective considering you are on the show and Dub is not. Moving on from that, we have Cam's children going to sleepaway camp, right? I love this little girl, Hilton. Really wild that she had to be on a wait list from, so she's about five, right? I could get that wrong, but I think she is about five. And she had to wait from 18 months to five years old. So that is essentially three and a half years that she had to wait to be on a whitelist to go to camp. I mean, I did once live in Dallas and it is a bit over the top. It, it, it can be very over the top and it is a beautiful place. The things there are unlike anything else. They have opportunities and cool ventures and camps there are epic, but three and a half years. That's ridiculous. Not preschool, not regular school, camp. Oh my gosh. And I worked at a pretty exclusive camp here in DC, like politicians, children, and, you know, high profile kids. And I don't believe there was a three and a half year wait list. I think you could kind of just pay the money and come. And that's what most kids in America do, I believe, is they pay the money and they go. But, you know, Cam, she's always wanted to, you know, talk about how she goes above and beyond. Speaking of that trunk, epic. I wonder where the football is because Hilton is a bit, I don't want to use the word tomboy. I think she's just a girl who enjoys the things that she enjoys. And I don't think we should put the pressure on her to be any other kind of woman. And I like that Cam does not do that. She says that she, I'm a girly girl. My daughter is not like me, but I do feel left out, which is sad, but she's like, I support my daughter being into whatever it is she's into. The girl can play football. She is not going to be able to take no shit from any man, woman, human, anything. And I love that. I dig it. She's going to be a very strong woman one day because she has explored so many aspects of herself and the things that she likes. It has never been put into one hole or one uniform that she thinks she has to be. And I think that's dope. So you go, Hilton. She'll never hear this, but also if she ever did. You go, Hilton. I love that trunk, but oh, push those boundaries, girl, and tell your mama to include the football that you want. Maybe just don't go over the top unless you really want it to go over the top. And I don't know if she does or doesn't, but I do know she said that she one of the good things about going to camp is to get away from mama. L-O-L. But we all thought about that, Cameron. Don't take that offensively. That's just kids, you know? I did not know for sure whether or not <laughs> transition to Travis's office where um, 
Deandra is going to have a meeting with him. Uh, she getting ready in the morning is all of us. <laughs> Deandra is such a regular woman in the morning. And I think that's fun, right? We see them all go glitz and glam, but then we see them rushing. We see Deandra rushing, you know, her hair is in and out and all over the place. And is the weave in? I don't know. Is it not? I don't know. You know, looking all raw. And I love that. That is definitely me in the morning. More power to you, girl. Put it all out there. Wondering if you're going to be late or not. Who put the picture of Stephanie behind Travis's desk? Did he really put that up there? Or did she want it front and center? And letting all those little secretaries and interns know he is my man. <laughs> I mean, I love their relationship, but I think that Travis is a respectable man. He's a, he seems like a very good businessman, but his adorable husband because he just let that picture stay right on up there. Let everybody know Stephanie is my woman. It's right behind his desk chair. If you watch the episode again, you missed it. Look again. It is right behind his desk chair. Every time he turns because the camera's on him and on his desk, you see Stephanie. It's great. Um, moving into their meeting, really liked that meeting. And I'm really proud of Deandra for showing up and being vulnerable, vulnerable about it. I have conflicting feelings about this mom situation because on the one hand, is our mom really that bad? Yes, probably, right? She, did, she, did she give Deandra lemon? Yes, for those who do not know what a lemon is, I believe it's like the kind of car that you buy that you're told is a really good car. And it basically was just put together enough to be able to be, to be sold and then breaks down well before the warranty or before it's supposed to, you know, five year, you know, you've had a car three years and the engine just goes to shit. It just gets shot, right? That is essentially a lemon. Like you were supposed to get this nice brand new car. There's no way the engine should be this old this fast. Yes, things happen, but you know, you were told one thing and you, what you were presenting was one thing, but really the outcome was sour, even though it looked all bright and shiny, like a lemon. And I do think that that's what happened. And I think that Mama D needs to take some accountability. Like, why did you do this? Probably because you knew your business was going under and you gave it to Deandra so you did not have to be the bad guy to let go of all these employees that have worked for you for countless hours, countless years, countless decades for some of them and helped you build a lifestyle that you're so clearly not about to give up and now that everybody has to pay for. And that is ridiculous. Yeah, no shit. She's going to ask you to take a $60,000 salary cut. Talk about some, I need the money. Oh, I don't need the money. I have lots of money. If you have lots of money, why are you so willing to let the hard work that you have put into your businesses fail and not give your daughter the money? I don't understand this whole trust being under lock and key. And it's your, it's her mom's business. And even as she handed it over, is this what you want your legacy to be? Like, you know, we're going to be talking shit about you on TV, girl. You know, we are. Like, what did you think was going to happen? It was just going to go downhill. We were all going to blame Deandra for crashing a business in two years. You have to be the worst business mind in America to crash a business that soon that wasn't already on some kind of tilt downward. And now we know that it was. So then, I don't know, Mama D, that's just not nice. It's not nice. And I love Mama D and I love Deandra. But also Deandra, I think we need to... Stop with the sob story of 
my mom talked me out of my career because A, you made the decision to leave, even if it was countless phone calls. Just call us to Spain and tell us all that your mom held the keys to your trust fund and your money and threatened to stop maybe furnishing your life in DC, maybe stop helping you because maybe, maybe being a lobbyist wasn't giving her the money that she was used to having. Her mom could have offered her an offer she couldn't refuse. I'll double it. You'll do just as important work. But you can't say, right, that your mom just talked you out of and guilted you to come help her with a company that she did not give you for over 30 years. You're talking about a career you have had in your 20s and 30s or something like that with in DC. So 20s and 30s, you're 50. So between 20 and 30 years after your career in DC, your mom talked you out of it and told you and promised you this business that you did not get for 20 more years. Go back, get another job, leave. Tell her you're not going to give it to me and why. And we did see her do that, right? We saw her challenge and saw her ask, but the show's only been on for five. What about the other 15? How can we say you did? You know, you dropped everything for your mom to come back when it's been 20 years. You're starting over at 50 and that's awful. But you were promised something 20 years ago when you did not receive it. Maybe you should have counted it all to, you know, who your mother is. She's not going to give it to me. And then looked into it as if you even really want it. And before you got the business, you should have probably explored the finances a little more because that is just good business. Most you know, lawyers and business owners will tell you to look over that contract, assess the finances before you buy a business. Granted, she's not buying something. It was promised to her. But before it becomes turned over to you, ask about the finances from someone other than your mother. You seem to have had access to these people. I think... Listen, Dean, this is not a show on DeAndre. I just want the picture to be painted better for TV because I do think she is a victim in a situation. I just think that she needs to tell the story a little bit more honestly because the numbers and the timeline doesn't necessarily add up. But I do think that this was done purposely by her mom. And that's sad to me because she's right. Her mom is getting older and she deserves that relationship with her daughter and vice versa. But you can only do but so, so much when your mom does this to you. Like, oh, Jesus. I just, I, I can't understand why someone would do this to their own kid. But Travis, you know, he even admitted like, my his dad was you know competitive with him and I think that is takes a lot of vulnerability and I commend Deandra and Travis for doing that I think it's smart to shut the business down in the offices move it home and just try to build back up because you are starting you're not starting from scratch or nothing but he gave great advice start over see what's working see what's not do it from home. Unfortunately, you have to let people go, but it's better that than the resentment they have when they have to basically not make payroll and they already put the hours in. They could have been working somewhere else. That is not good. And you don't do that to people who have helped you. So good on Travis. Good on her husband. Deandra has a very solid, supportive, and encouraging husband whom I like. So good on her husband for giving her this advice. Um, moving on over to... Yeah, because talking about Deandra makes me really sad because I like her. And we do know that she, both of her product lines are still both, um, what's it called? Good Living? I know Hard Night, Good Morning. And then, oh God, what is the other one? 
It's Ultimate Living. They both still have Instagram pages, so I'm assuming they're still up and running. Hard Night Good Morning is way bigger, so I think that's the moneymaker now. And I think hopefully she gets rid of Ultimate Living. And that is the biggest fuck you to her mom, but that's what she gets for doing this to her. So I will say, moving on over to Carrie and her daughter. Her daughter is a couple years younger than me, a few actually. I love that her daughter, Carrie with the K. So we're talking Brit now, right? I like Brit. Brit and her daughter, I like their relationship. I think her daughter was kind of not with the filming thing because she kept saying, I know, I know, I know, which is very standard for a younger woman to say to her mom anyway, because it's like, you've already told me this all my life. Now you're reiterating it mainly because we're on TV and I'm not going to act brand new or shocked. I don't know how to act. Pure genuineness is usually a 20 something year old on TV and they're not used to it yet especially in the teenage and 20 years they're just like okay girl they are who they are even on tv and i love that i like this the conversation she had with her but i think her daughter seems like she's smart enough and has a good head on her shoulders so i think she will be okay the one problem i have with this whole episode well beyond the drama and everything that we'll get into is travis's feet on the bed ill she was also, Stephanie was making the bet as Travis came in and hopped on it, put his feet on it. That's not disrespectful. I mean, it is to me in my house. And I loved their relationship. Wow, that was my watch. It's time for me to cook dinner um, and watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, I love their relationship. I love their comfort talking to each other. And that Stephanie feels safe and like an equal partner and a friend in her own marriage. That's great. But get your feet and your nasty shoes off my bed before I clock you. Not true. I will not clock you, but I will take them off you if you do not take them off of my bed. That's how I feel about that. I think Travis had it right, and we see it at the lingerie party, that um, Cameron does think that she's above everyone. She does think that she's superior. Because I watched her first season, for those who did not watch, her first season, she judged everything everyone did, especially Stephanie and Brandy. And they're running around with a chocolate dildo called sexual chocolate. It was a black dildo that they just brought on the trips because it was funny and it was fine. And she would basically call it trashy and insinuate that too. And she would judge them so profusely and even cried about it. Like, I don't have friends. We don't hang out with people who do this. Who does that? It's so inappropriate. Her hang up on inappropriate is just like Heather Dubrow to me. And things that are just like not appropriate, like the bow on the cake and that girl taking off a piece of the bow off the cake. Yes, it's nasty and it's weird AF, but it is, I mean, calm down. Would I be mad? Yes. But to say words in such a day class or such a classist way of like, it's trashy and we don't do that. Like reprimanding, like you're their parents. You don't know what we do, girl. You're new. First of all, Cameron was new at that point and she still is kind of new. Stephanie and Brandy are the helm of a lot of what this show is supposed to be. And I don't think that they have a right to be superior, but I don't think anyone does. And I do think Cameron looks down on them. And that's where Stephanie's feelings at the lingerie party was coming, were coming from. Doubling back a little bit, it's weird to me that Duber and Stephanie are even throwing this party for Leanne, who is new friends with both of them as of maybe a year and a half ago. And not Tiffany. I mean, I get it. It was for the show so that the show could film it. But Tiffany from season one was on there. She provided me nothing, but we included her in like a caption, a title bubble. 
which, okay, sure, um, I guess. She did me nothing, though. Duber did show up, and she did, you know, do her friend thing. She's doing better than me than Vicky's doing, so th- that's that on that. I do wonder still what a lingerie shower is. I do have a problem with the fact that no one came in lingerie pretty much but Brandy. But she got judged for coming in lingerie to a lingerie shower. But Britt did ask the right questions. Who has a lingerie shower on a Wednesday, apparently, at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Who does? You cannot walk out the house wearing that by yourself. But I applaud Brandy for actually keeping with the theme because no one else did. Not the host or the guest of honor. Not a soul. I do think it's funny that (laughs) Kit... Um, Stephanie paid for the whole party and Leanne got to order everything. That is very Leanne. And we see Leanne be Leanne even at this whole party where she still is weaponizing and using her experience and her struggle as a child against someone in a fight. Brandy is like making a joke when Leanne tells her, I'm just in a double watch while you're growing up. And Brandy is like, oh, really? We only had a single what? <laughs> Which was not a one-up. It was a funny. She goes, yeah, well, literally like a five-year-old. Leanne goes, yeah, well, did you have someone try to rape you every night that was your dad's or your mom's boyfriend, and like a father figure in your house? You had to like faint them all. Girl, that is horrible. That is disgusting that that happened to you. I won't even say if, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but why do you need to say this or use this as a stepping stone above someone else's trouble and trauma when Brandy is just trying to say, like, I love you. If I didn't hate, if I hated you, I wouldn't have come. She's just trying to be a good person and, you know, be your friend and extend an olive branch. And you're still trying to let her know, this is why I use my life and my drama and my trauma because it's really bad. And you can't get mad at me for living a really bad life. And Brandy's like, I'm just saying, don't use it against me, girl. Which she literally did in that moment at her own wedding party. Are you kidding? That is the epitome of inappropriate. Which I just find very interesting how much Cameron likes to call everyone else inappropriate. and call Stephanie inappropriate for addressing Cameron at this party, but not Leanne inappropriate for almost everything else. And for telling this story about her fiance putting a hole in a fence and sticking his dick through it. Oh, glory hole. Somebody is watching Born in that house, but it's weird. And it's not necessarily freaky because I just said the same thing about Bronwyn to each his own. We should not slut shame women or men, but we never do that. But at the same time, that is at the very least trespassing. Can your neighbors see your booty? Did they not notice the hole in the booty? I mean, <laughs> in, the f- <laughs> in the fence, when they look at your booty, do they not wonder what it's doing? Do they not wonder why you're on their property? How do you just get on someone else's property and cut a hole in their fence? And Splinter, you know what? Just And Cam said nothing. That was fine, obviously. But Stephanie, Stephanie coming up and telling her her feelings about what happened on the trip Cameron just shut down and then made her feel like a small person, and that's not fair. I wish Stephanie had spoken up earlier because she did mention that 
She's never spoken up to Cameron or really anybody. And she always just apologizes. And I don't think she should ever do that. She has valid points and she's a good person. And even if she didn't have valid points, her feelings are her feelings and they deserve to be heard. And Stephanie was right. A friend does listen to your feelings. What a friend doesn't do, Cameron, a friend does not tell you, you don't say cuss words in people's faces. That is what three-year-olds do. Leanne and Cameron deserve each other. Cameron's like a friend tells a friend, you don't cuss in other people's faces and like do that. That's not, that's not true. She's giving me very Heather DeBro vibes. And I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like I only like it on Heather. And I still like Cameron. I just think she's very wrong in this fight. And I'll probably do an Instagram poll and see... If anybody agrees, who could be on Cameron's side? Stephanie really, really, really had a good point. And all she wanted to do was let Cameron see it. And the problem was between them. And even though she had a problem with the issue of what Brandy said, um, what Cameron said to Brandy about the trash thing, Stephanie was just trying to tell her that what she did did not just affect Brandy. It affected me too, because I felt judged again. I feel like you're judging us again, like season two and, or three, was it three? Might've been three. And that's kind of the point. Oh no, it was definitely two. Yeah, it was two and three. She judged them at both seasons, really. And I think that Cameron doesn't have I like to stand on and it's not fair for her to shut down, you know, people's thoughts and feelings about her. But she has so many about the acts and the responsibility that people have in society to answer for things. She does that with everyone else, but they cannot do it for her. And I don't, I don't think that that is fair. And I don't like this whole everything having to be appropriate or inappropriate thing. I love Cameron. But she is also not being attacked. And she keeps using this word attack. You did not stop your friend from attacking you. Brandy did not attack you. She may have yelled at you. She may have gotten in your face. Oh, there was a hefty distance between her and Cameron because of the table mainly. But she may have gotten in your face, but she did not attack you. She was arguing with you. And because you weren't arguing back doesn't mean that you weren't that you were getting attacked, in my opinion. And Stephanie is for sure not attacking you by telling you your feelings. You get up, you kind of get into her face and yell at her the same way Brandy did to you. Stephanie is not the bad guy here for speaking her mind. And I think that Dube is just there. How much more are we going to get of her? I don't dislike her. I think she definitely would not not have been a good housewife. But I do think that, you know, she's giving me more of a friend vibe than Vicky. And that's better than nothing. I think she's doing a good friend job. I just want to know how much more we have of her and what exactly it's going to be. Because I am actually a little bit more interested in her husband than her, to be honest. And that's no shade. I mean, it is shady, but like, it's, it's fine. That is pretty much all I have for Dallas. I am curious to see how this goes down with Leanne, especially Carrie. It's weird to me that she will invite Carrie Brittenham, but not Deandra. And Deandra invited you to her birthday party, right, Leanne? But you won't even invite her to a lingerie party? Not your bridal party or bachelorette party or wedding shower or rehearsal dinner or even your wedding. Just the lingerie party in the middle of the week. That is not that intimate. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like, you can invite her to that and see how it goes. And maybe if she doesn't do well, don't invite her to your wedding. You don't have to pay for a plate for the one, but you can invite her to a freaking freak show of a lingerie party. And sidebar. Was it Moulin Rouge or a circus? They're two different things. Or was it lingerie? Because that is also a different thing. We may never know. I'm excited about Dallas next week. 
Obviously, this took way longer simply because Dallas is doing really good for me right now. That is all I had for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I did try to keep it short and sweeter this week. I will be doing a bonus episode also um, pretty soon coming up. And if you made it to the end of the show, I will tell you who the boutique owner is that I will be working with. His name is Coleman Johnson and his beautiful boutique online on Instagram is CK. So C is in Carrie. <laughs> K is in Carrie. Johnson and Company on Instagram as CK Johnson and Co. We are doing a fantastic giveaway along with one of my very good friends who I've done a podcast episode with before. And you will soon find out who that special person is. Um, he is a fantastic boutique owner, not the person I'm doing the giveaway with. Coleman is a beautiful boutique. It, you will love it. It is beautiful luxury items. I would not say what we're giving away. Do not get all your hopes up. But if you mention my co- podcast on over there, you know, let them know that I sent you. See if you find anything that tickles your fancy. And if you do and you file, fall in love with his boutique on Instagram, you will also love this giveaway option that I'm doing with someone very special. Maybe dip through some of my other podcast recordings with some people and see if you can figure out who it will be um, in compilation with Coleman. And that's all I have for this week. I cannot wait to give you guys some more of the good things that I'm working on and tell you some more of the new things that I'm working on. Waiting for this Pomp Rolls trailer is giving me so much anxiety. But that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Remember, please, five stars only. And send me a little review. Follow me on Instagram at MixingWithMani, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And I will talk to you next week. Love you. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, Follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.